Mental status exam. Level of consciousness. Medical illness, traumatic brain injury, alcohol intoxication, drugs, and poisonings may all lead to aberrations in a patient's neurological and physiological status in ways that cause an abnormal level of consciousness. Alert to verbal, painful, or unresponsive, a straightforward scale that is used to rapidly grade a patient's gross level of consciousness, responsiveness, or mental status. It comes into play during pre-hospital care, emergency rooms, general hospital wards, and intensive care unit settings. The basis of AVPU is based on the following. Alert. The patient is aware of the examiner and can respond to the environment around them independently. The patient can also follow commands, open their eyes spontaneously, and track objects. Verbally responsive. The patient's eyes do not open spontaneously. The patient's eyes only open in response to verbal stimulus directed toward them. The patient can react to that verbal stimulus directly and in a meaningful way. Painfully responsive. The patient's eyes do not open spontaneously. The patient will only respond to the application of a painful stimuli by the examiner. The patient may move, moan, or cry out directly in response to the painful stimuli. Unresponsive. The patient does not respond spontaneously. The patient does not respond to verbal or painful stimuli. Appearance or general behavior. The variables give the examiner an overall impression of the patient. The patient's physical appearance, apparent versus stated age, grooming, immaculate versus unkempt, dress, subdued versus riotous, posture, erect versus kyphotic, and eye contact, direct versus furtive, are all pertinent observations. Certain specific outcomes such as unilateral spatial neglect and disinhibited behavior of the frontal lobe syndrome are, re are readily appreciated through the observation of behavior. Speech and motor activity. Listening to spontaneous speech as the patient relates answers to open-ended questions yields much useful information. One might discern problems in output or articulation such as hypophonia in Parkinson's disease. The halting speech of a patient with word-finding difficulties or the rapid pressured speech of the manic or amphetamine intoxicated patient. Overall motor activity should be noted including any tics or unusual mannerisms. Slowness or, or loss of spontaneity in movement may characterize a subcortical dementia or depression while, while akathisia, motor restlessness, may be the harbinger of an extrapyramidal syndrome secondary to phenothiazine use. Effect and mood. Effect is the patient's immediate expression of emotion. Mood refers to a more sustained emotional makeup of the patient's personality. Patients display a range of affect that may be described as broad, restricted, labile, or flat. Affect is inappropriate when there is no consonance between what the patient is experiencing or describing and the emotion that he or she is showing at the same time. Example, laughing when, rest, when relating to the recent death of a loved one. Both affect and mood can be described as dysphoric, depression, anxiety, and guilt, euthmic, normal, or euphoric, implying a pathologically elevated sense of well-being. Affect must be judged in the context of the setting and those observations that have gone before. For example, the startled-looking patient with eyes wide open and perspiration beating out of the forehead is, is soon recognized as someone suffering from Parkinson's disease. When the paucity of the motion and diminished eye blink are noted and the beads of perspiration turn out to be seborrhea. Thought and perception. The inability to process information correctly is part of the definition of psychotic thinking. How the person perceives and responds to stimuli is therefore a critical psychiatric ass assessment. Does the patient harbor realistic concerns or are these concerns elevated to the level of irrational fear? Is the patient responding to exaggerated fashion of actual events or is there no discernible basis in reality for the patient's beliefs and behavior? 
patients may exhibit marked tendencies toward somatization or that or may be troubled with intrusive thoughts or obsessive ideas the more seriously ill patient may experience exhibit Overtly delusional thinking, a false belief not held by his cultural peers and persisting in the face of objective contradictory information. Hallucinations, fake, false sensory perceptions without real stimuli, or illusions, misperceptions of real stimuli. Because patients often conceal these experiences, it is well worth asking leading questions such as, have you seen or heard one of these things that the other people could not hear or see? Have you ever seen or heard things that later turned out to not be there? Likewise, it is, it is necessary to interpret affirmative responses conservatively as mistakenly hearing one's name being called or experiencing a hypnagogic hallucinations in the peri-sleep period is within the realm of normal experience. Of all the portions of the mental status examination, the evaluation of a potential thought disorder is one of the most difficult and requires considerable experience. The primary care physician will frequently desire formal psychiatric consultation in patients exhibiting such disorders. Attitude and insight. The patient's attitude is the emotional tone displayed towards the examiner. Other individuals or his illness may convey a sense of hostility, anger, helplessness, pessimism, over-dramatization, self-centeredness, or passivity. Likewise, the patient's attitude toward the illness is an important variable. Is the patient a help-rejecting complainer? Does the patient view the illness as psychiatric or non-psychiatric? Does the patient look for improvement or is he or she resigned to suffer in silence? Patient attitude often changes in the course of the interview and it's important to note any such changes.